0: Well, it is so great to have all of you with us this weekend here at Orchard Church. We also want to welcome those joining us online. Hey, can we give it up again for our special from our bluegrass guys? That was pretty cool. Something kind of different, but a lot of of fun. We are in week four of our series called Awake, where we are talking about the afterlife. Now, last week, if you were here, we went to hell. Today, we're going to heaven. Are you guys a little more excited about that? Let me hear from you, right? And uh, as I told you last week, originally in this series we were planning to do heaven last week, and then we were going to end by talking about the horrors of hell today. And we're like, we cannot talk about the horrors of hell on Mother's Day weekend. So you're welcome, ladies. We switched those up. And if you're a guest with us uh, today, or a guest joining us online, you may be wondering why are we doing a series about the afterlife? And here's the real reason. This is the theme of this series. You have this in your notes if you're taking notes. This is our theme right here. What we believe about eternity determines how we live today and that's why we're talking about eternity and the afterlife because it will determine how we live today now as i told you last weekend um, i did a message on the horrors of hell it was probably one of the most challenging and difficult messages to prepare for and to deliver that i've ever given here at orchard church Uh, but we want to praise god over 50 people said yes to jesus in faith last weekend can we just celebrate that but today, uh, we are going to talk about the hope of heaven, and this is also a challenging and difficult message, but for a different reason than last week's message. You may go away this weekend, and you might say, you know, Pastor Doug is, is usually pretty good, but he kind of missed the mark a little bit on the hope of heaven. You know, it wasn't really his best, and I would agree with you, and here's why. We're talking about the hope of heaven. We're t- I mean, how do we describe a place that is so indescribable? I mean, just it's kind of a little bit like people that have never been to Colorado to visit the Rocky Mountains. I mean, you can see videos of it, you can see pictures of it, but till you see it for yourself and experience it, it's really hard to grasp the majesty of it, and, and heaven is even more like that. Here, here's what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. He said this, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That, that's, that's talking about heaven, our eternal forever home when we know Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Jesus himself, if you haven't already, take out your Bibles, your mobile devices, turn with me to the Gospel of John. John chapter 14, uh, verse 1. And in John chapter 14, Jesus gives us a little bit of a glimpse of heaven, our eternal home, and he is going to describe it for us and, and give us a little bit of an idea what it's going to be like. And, and let me just tell you, if you're here today and you are facing trouble in your life, if you're facing discouragement, if you're facing doubt, I I pray uh, that these words from Jesus himself about heaven will bring you incredible hope and build your faith today. And here's what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 1. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? That ought to encourage us today. That ought to bring great hope. He's talking about heaven. And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. And Jesus was telling this to his disciples to encourage them. And there was one of the disciples named Thomas, and he always had questions and doubts. And he responds to this, what Jesus is saying. And he says, No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told him and tells all of us today, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. No one gets to go to heaven except through through me. And as we're going to look at heaven today, the hope of heaven, and try to describe this indescribable place, I think maybe uh, a better way to approach this, instead of me telling you everything that heaven is, l- let me tell you what heaven is not. I want us to address some misconceptions about heaven to gr- gain a greater appreciation of this incredible place. And again, if you're taking notes today at the bottom of your outlines, I've given you some resources. If you're watching online, we're going to post those on there as well um, to go a little bit bit deeper into this subject Uh, there's a book on there one minute after you die we've referred to Uh, there's gotquestions.org there's the YouVersion Bible app and I've given you a couple of seven day Bible reading plans about heaven so you can dig a little deeper on this subject now next week as I said last week we're going to add one more week we're planning to finish this weekend and we are finishing the teaching portion if you will but we're adding one more week next week we're going to answer your questions Uh, some great questions about the afterlife some of you have already given us these on Facebook, you can give us those on our Facebook page, or even on your connection card today, and we'll answer those next week. But today, let's talk about some misconceptions uh, about heaven. If you're taking notes, here's the first misconception about heaven, and it's this, that heaven will be boring. Some people think that heaven is just going to be boring. Now, we need to remember what we talked about last week, that we have an enemy, and his name is Satan, the devil, and Jesus told us that he is the father of all lies, But he didn't start out that that way. First, he was a created angel in heaven. His name was Lucifer. Uh, Many believe that he led the worship in heaven. He was one of three archangels along with Michael and Gabriel. Till one day he was lifted up with pride. And he was like, you know, instead of people worshiping God, I want them to worship me. And he fell from heaven. And he's been lying to us ever since. And he's been trying to take as many people with him as he can. And so just like last week where he would lie to us about hell to think that it doesn't exist or if it does, you don't really need to worry about it. It's not that big a deal. What do you think you would try to convince us about heaven? That you don't really want to go there, it's not going to be any fun, it's it's just going to be boring anyway. I mean, you know, God doesn't want us to have any fun anyway. He's kind of a cosmic killjoy, so who would want to go to heaven? And, And so, he convinces a lot of people that heaven will be boring, and sometimes when we think about heaven, people think we're just going to be fat, bald, naked babies floating on clouds, playing a harp for all eternity eternity now if that were true that would be boring but i don't believe that is true according to the word of god listen heaven is the opposite of boring whatever you think is boring and dull heaven is the opposite of that here's why because it's the absence of evil and it is the presence of god And there's nothing greater than that. Being in the presence of our good and great and gracious, amazing God for all eternity. James reminds us this about our good God. In James 1.17, he said this, Whatever is good and perfect is what, church? Help me out. It is a gift coming down to us from who? Who? from God our Father who has created all the lights in the heavens. Anything good in this life that we experience is a gift from our good and gracious God. All that we enjoy in this life is from our heavenly Father. I mean if there's certain foods that you like to eat and you enjoy, and man when you have those foods, I mean your taste buds just come alive, guess who gave you those taste buds? God did. Believe it or not, I know people that actually like the food at Casa Bonita. That has to be a gift from God, if you're one of those those people that like that. God gives us these gifts. God gives us the ability to see. I mean, I, I love the fact that we live in Colorado. I tell people all the time, this is God's country. God created those amazing mountains and the beautiful outdoors. But let's not worship the creation, let's worship the creator. And he gives us the gift and ability to see his creation. He's the one that gives us the ability and the capacity to experience joy and and laughter and and love. And and I believe with all my heart that what the things that we love here on this earth and we enjoy, we're going to enjoy them even greater in heaven except here's the thing, there's not gonna be any sin there. There's not gonna be any evil there. There's not gonna be any pain there. Heaven, I believe, is the opposite of boring, that that is a a misconception that heaven will be boring. Let let me give you a few reasons why uh, we don't believe that heaven will be boring and that that's a misconception. I'm not gonna have time to take you to all of these verses, but I've given you the references uh, that they're based on. I'd encourage you this week, if you wanna dig a little bit deeper, go read these for yourself. But here's some reasons why I I don't believe believe according to the bible that heaven is going to be dull and boring uh, here's the first reason and it's a great one because in heaven we will have new and perfect bodies can I have an amen to that right we're gonna have new and perfect bodies now I don't know how you have imagined this playing out but I've thought a lot about this I don't know what's so funny our creative art director that was just out here playing the mandolin, he's 6'7", okay, and he's always complaining about being too tall and the cars don't fit him. I've had the joy and privilege to sit next to him on an airplane ride to conferences before, and he's like this, and I'm like, what, this is great. I got all the leg room in the world. He's 6'7", I'm not. I'm 5'5", five, five, on a good day with heels, and that's rounding up a little bit. And so I, I see it playing out that in heaven, when I get my new and perfect body, I'm going to ask God to take seven inches off the height of Matt, our creative art director, give that to me. He's six foot and I'm six foot. It's a win-win. That's, what, that's how I see that play. I, I don't know. But we're going to have new and perfect, resurrected, glorified bodies. It's not going to be boring. Uh, listen, think about this. In heaven, there are, there's no such thing as a bad hair day. For some of you, it means you're going to have a hair day. OK, in heaven, God is going to take the calories out of all of the food we can eat as much as we want for all eternity and not gain a pound. We, listen, in heaven, we are not going to have to get up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. and go to the bathroom because we're going to be up all eternity, but we're not going to have any bad breath. Listen, in heaven, no more Mondays, no more Mondays. It's gonna be amazing, it's not gonna be boring. We will have new and perfect bodies. And you know, many of us have had loved ones and friends, maybe even kids, pass away and go home to be with the Lord. And before they left this earth, they were very sick. Maybe it was from disease, maybe it was from cancer. In heaven, they're gonna be completely whole. They're gonna be completely healed. There's not gonna be any health challenges that anybody is dealing with in heaven. You know, Our daughter has dealt with health challenges all of her life, and those are gonna be gone in heaven. The blind are gonna see, the deaf are gonna hear, the lame are going to walk. It's going to be incredible. Here's another reason why I I don't believe that heaven will be born. If you're taking notes, we will know one another, and we will love and be loved like we've never experienced before in heaven. We, we will know one another and we'll love and be loved. And we've already started receiving some of your questions and they're really great. And the most common question that we're getting is this one. I'm going to go, go ahead and address some of it right now. Is will we know each other in heaven? Will we recognize one another, our friends, our loved ones, I believe absolutely we will know one another in heaven. And again, I've given you some references that that tell you about this, but one of the best things that reminds us of this truth is that remember when Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, he didn't just immediately go back to heaven. He spent some time on this earth with his disciples, and and the Bible says he was seen of over 400 people, and they walked with him, and they talked with him, and they recognized him, they had a meal with him. And the Bible says our resurrected bodies are going to be like Christ's resurrected body. I believe we will absolutely know one another in heaven. And I mean, can you just imagine some of the people that we're going to finally get to meet in heaven that we've read about in the scriptures, many of us, for many years. I mean, I can't wait to meet Peter and and say, man, Peter, what was it like when you got to walk on water? And maybe I'll get to do that with him. Or, you know, go to David. You know, David, what was it like when you were just a boy and you took down the giant that everybody else, else was afraid of. Daniel, tell us about when you were in the lion's den, and you weren't scared, and you had faith, and God closed the lion's mouth. Moses, you gotta tell us what it was like when you led the children of Israel, uh, and God just parted the Dead Sea, open up. And listen, it's Mother's Day weekend, and listen, moms, how many of you moms experienced a little bit of pain in childbirth? Just be honest. Would you raise your hand, moms? Okay, listen, moms, I'm I, I'm not a mom, I don't know what that's like, but if I was a mom and I'd given birth, I would be looking for Eve in heaven and I would walk up to her and I'd be like, what the heck? What were you thinking in the garden? I would wanna have that conversation, right ladies? You know, was it worth it, really? But we're gonna know one another and we're gonna get to be reunited with those that knew Christ, our friends, our loved ones, Maybe on this Mother's Day weekend, your mother isn't here because she's with the Lord in heaven. You're going to get to see her again. Maybe your, your father has passed away, and he's with the Lord. You're going to get to see him again. I, I, I have a daddy that is in heaven. My father passed away 19 years ago, and I miss him dearly, and I can't wait to see him again. All of my grandparents have gone on to be with the Lord, all of them on all sides of my family, and I can't wait to see them again. I have some friends that I loved and cared about deeply that knew Jesus that, I can't wait to see again someday in heaven. It's gonna be perfect love like we've never experienced before. Here's another reason why heaven isn't gonna be boring. We will experience unimaginable beauty in heaven beyond what we can even begin to describe. I believe in heaven with our resurrected new bodies God is gonna give us, I think we're gonna see colors we've never seen before I think we're gonna hear sounds we've never heard before uh, and experience sensations we've never felt before. Um, If you like animals, if you're an animal lover, I'm an animal lover. Um, In heaven, according to the Bible, the lamb is gonna lay down with the lion. I mean, it's gonna be like, you know, a petting zoo everywhere in heaven. We get to hang out with animals, no cages needed. It's possible that maybe, just maybe, in heaven, Pastor Doug will finally like cats. it, It might might happen in in heaven. It's going to be unimaginable beauty. It's going to be anything but boring. And I don't know for you what what is the, when you think about what's the most beautiful place on this earth. That you've ever visited that just took your breath away. If you think about that for a moment, um, for Shelly and I, it would certainly be a couple of trips we've had the privilege to take to Hawaii with our family. And a few years ago, we went there for our, or a couple of years ago, on our 25th wedding anniversary, we celebrated uh, there in Hawaii. And we got to visit all the different islands for the first time. And we went, everybody said, you gotta go to Kauai. You gotta go to Kauai. It's the most beautiful of all the islands. And, and they said, if you go to Kauai, you gotta take a helicopter or a plane ride uh, around the island and see the Nepali coast and uh, maybe some of you've seen this before and so you know the helicopter ride was like three times the amount of the plane ride so I'm cheap so I said we will doing the plane ride and it was like a four-seater and we flew along the Nepali coast in in Kauai uh, this is where they filmed a Jurassic Park I think we have a picture of that it's just this amazing beautiful place and as we're flying along I'm just expecting to see t- pterodactyls coming out from everywhere if you've seen the movie and I remember it just took our breath away I mean it we teared up We've never seen such amazing beauty, and we both commented to each other. As great and as amazing and beautiful as this is, heaven's going to be better. Heaven's going to be better. And let me just say this. If if you're like from Nebraska, you're going to just have to ease into heaven. I mean, I don't know if you're going to. You're just going to be shocked. I mean, you're just not even going to know what to think, okay? All right, moving on. And then, of all the great things of heaven, why, I know it's not going to be boring this next one. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this is the best reason of all why heaven's not gonna be boring. And here's why. We will see Jesus face to face. We get to see our Lord and Savior. Hey, can we celebrate that? Amen. I mean, face to face with the Lord of lords and King of kings. 1 John 3, 2, John said this, dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him for we will see him as he really is you know in the history of the bible and mankind no man has been able to see on this earth god and and live because God hasn't allowed that to happen. Remember, Moses had a conversation with God in the Old Testament. And Moses said, you know, listen, God, I want to see you face to face. And God, I want, he said, I want to see your glory. I want to see your majesty. I want to see how awesome you are. And God was like, you can't handle my glory. But I'll tell you what, I'm gonna hide you in the cleft of this rock and I'm just gonna kind of breeze by and you can just kind of get a quick glimpse of the backside, that's all you can can handle. In the Old Testament, when the high priest would go into the temple to the Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelt at that time, they would have to tie a rope around the waist of the high priest because if he got too close to the presence of God, he would drop dead and they would pull him out by the rope. But in heaven, it's not gonna be like that. We're not going to see the backside of God. We're not going to see the side of God. We don't have to worry about a rope. We're going to get to see Jesus face to face. We're going to get to see God. And we're going to realize in that moment that we've never truly lived before that time. When we see Jesus face to face in heaven. Listen, whatever you and I can imagine or try to imagine about heaven, heaven is better. Heaven is better than anything we can imagine. Imagine that there will be no more death. There will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more fear or stress or anxiety. There will be no more sleepless nights in heaven. There will be no more betrayal, no more abuse or heartache or divorce or disease. There will be no more violence, no more injustice, no more racism Boring, listen, heaven is gonna be anything but boring. Heaven is the opposite of boring. It's the absence of evil, and it is the presence of God. It is a misconception that heaven will be boring. I hope that will encourage you today. I hope that will build your faith and bring you great hope about this amazing place. Here's another misconception that people sometimes have about heaven, if you're taking notes, and it's this, that heaven will one day be our home. That's a misconception. And you say, how is that a misconception that heaven will one day be our home? Because if we are believers in Jesus Christ, heaven is not one day going to be our home. It's already our home. It's already our home. We're strangers here. Paul said this in Philippians 3, 19 to 20. And he first was talking about unbelievers, those that have rejected Christ. And he said, they think only about this life here on what, church? Here on earth, but we, as believers, if you're a follower of Jesus, but we are citizens of where, church? We are citizens of heaven. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a citizen of heaven. That's my home. That's our home. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. He lives there, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. That If we're a Christian, our home is already in heaven, we're just visiting down here. And James told us that our life on this earth compared to heaven in eternity is just a mist. It's just a vapor. It's here for a moment, and it's gone. Remember we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, that Peter described those that have faith in Christ living on this earth. He said, we are only temporary residents. We're just temporary residents, and again, it's Mother's Day. Listen, moms, one of the things you need to teach your kids, you love them, you care about them, but they are temporary residents in your home, right? (laughs) They're temporary, all right? And Peter said, we're temporary residents on this earth. He says, we're foreigners here. Earth is a foreign country to believers in in Jesus Christ. We're foreigners, and and what I want to do is illustrate it this way with, with this rope. That it's going across the stage. And let's let's say that this side of the rope um, represents eternity past. And, and we know the Bible says, in the beginning was God. It's it all started with God and He's always existed. And this goes eternity past goes on for infinity. That there is no end and it's always been God. And then let's say this part of the rope over here is eternity future. And it goes on forever and forever and forever and in, into infinity and beyond. Some of y'all get that. This is, this is the future, okay? Eternity past, eternity future. See this right here in the middle? This orange part of the rope? This is the history of mankind in light of eternity. Not, not, not just our time right now, but the history. This represents the history of mankind in the light of eternity, and so it starts right here that God created man. His name was Adam, and he put him in the Garden of Eden. And, and uh, Adam was really lonely, and he couldn't, you know, take care of himself. He couldn't do anything for himself. And so God said, you need a woman. You, you need a woman. And so he created Eve, and Adam said, whoa, man. That's where we get that, okay? And so Adam and Eve are created, and then they fell, and all that kind of stuff. And then you got Abraham and Isaac and Moses and Jacob, and you got the kings, and you got the judges, and they talk about this Messiah to come. And then, and then like right around here somewhere, Jesus shows up on this earth, and he lives a perfect sinless life, and he dies on the cross to pay for our sins, and he's buried, he rises again. And then the church gets started, you know, right here with the, the original disciples, and the church is, is growing, and, and people are finding faith in Christ, and then you fast forward a little bit, and then you kind of come up to sort of our timeline, and, you know, somewhere along here you got Paul, and then you got World War II, and then there's the internet thanks to Al Gore, and somebody said that, and, uh, and, then, and then here we are, okay, right, right here, you know, that's us, that's us, and then this is all of eternity, When we leave this earth, and if we're honest, I don't know about you guys, but here's the challenge that I have in my life. I get way too caught up in what is happening right here instead of being more focused on all of this. Because listen, if it doesn't matter here, it really shouldn't matter much here. You know, what are we living for? Are we living for this, this right here? Are we living for all of this, our eternal forever home? And, you know, my spiritual mentor used to say it this way to me all the time. He would say this. You know, Doug, at the end of the day, when we enter eternity, there's only two things on this earth that are going to last forever. The word of God and the souls of people. That's it. That's it. Everything else is going to burn up. Everything else is going to be gone. The word of God and people. Relationships, And when we invest in the word of God and we invest the word of God in other people, that is something that will matter for all eternity. That is why our mission here at Orchard Church, right here and now, is to help people fall, find and follow Jesus so that they can spend eternity with Jesus and with God and with us. Said another way, our mission here at Orchard Church is to depopulate hell and populate heaven for all eternity. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And what we believe about eternity should determine how we live today. And that's why we're doing this series. And and understanding and being reminded that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. This world is not our home. We're just strangers here. We're foreigners here. We're temporary, temporary residents. And that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we don't look at the troubles we can see right now, but rather we fix our gaze, our eyes, on the things that cannot be seen, the future, eternity. For the things we see now, let's say it together, Orchard Church, will soon be gone Sooner than we realize, but the things we cannot see will last how long, Orchard Church? Forever and forever and forever and forever. So it is a misconception that heaven will one day be our home as believers. It's already our home. Let's live for our eternal home today. Here's the third misconception about heaven if you're taking notes. And this is probably one of the most dangerous misconceptions of all, and it's this, that heaven is where everyone will eventually end up. That is a a very dangerous misconception, that heaven is where everyone will eventually end up. Sooner or later, it's going to all work out fine, and everybody's going to end up in heaven. Uh, One poll and statistics said this, that 74% of Americans believe there is a heaven, and that everyone will eventually end up there, 74%. I mean, almost three quarters of Americans believe in heaven and that everybody's gonna end up there. And when you ask them, well, how is everybody gonna end up there? Well, you know, if you've lived a good life and you've done more good than bad and you've been a good person, then you're gonna end up in heaven eventually. I mean, as long as you, and when they say good person, that's defined as you didn't kill anybody, at least not on purpose. You know, you weren't a drug dealer. You didn't abuse people. And here's the danger. A lot of people believe the misconception and think that heaven is the default destination for everyone, and that's not true according to the Bible. Heaven is not the default destination for everyone. The place we talked about last week is the default destination for everyone. Unless something happens in our life and Jesus intersects our life and we put our faith and trust in Him. Because see, good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people do. Good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people do. Remember what Jesus said in John 14, 6? He said, I am, somebody help me out, the way, the truth. The life. He didn't say, I'm a way or I'm one of the ways. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And nobody gets to come to the Father. Nobody. Except through me, except through Jesus. You see, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people that have prepared by recognizing their sins that separate them from a holy and just God, realizing Jesus died for their sins, and accept him Him in their life by faith. Let, let me remind you what Jesus said. We saw this last week, but let me bring it today in light of the hope of heaven. Jesus said this, you can enter God's kingdom, heaven, only through the narrow gate, the highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. We have a choice. God gives us a choice. But the gateway to life is what, church? Very narrow. People say, but saying and teaching that Jesus is the only way, and anybody that doesn't accept Jesus is going to be separated from God for all eternity. That's narrow-minded. That's narrow thinking. Well, that's what the Bible says. Very narrow. The gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Only a few. Only a few. As we wrap up this weekend, the teaching portion of our series, Awake, about the afterlife, we've had basically two goals in this series, to relieve fear and to increase urgency. That's been the goal of the series. To relieve fear and replace it with faith. That we don't have to fear the afterlife when we know Jesus and the hope of heaven and all that God has promised. I hope through this series your faith has been built and encouraged and strengthened and you have incredible hope. The second goal of this series is to increase urgency in in a couple of ways. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have met Jesus personally and you have a relationship with him, it should increase our urgency to continue to live on mission to help people find and follow Jesus before they enter eternity and it's too late. And we are none of us are promised tomorrow. We're not promised next week. We're not promised next month. And we should live a life of urgency in the sphere of our influence. That's why our theme this year here at Orchard Church is for the one. Jesus said if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one gets lost, he's willing to leave the 99 who he already has for the one that is lost. And we all have that one person in our sphere of influence that doesn't know Jesus. And I pray that this series would increase our urgency, that there is eternity. And we're going to end up in one of two places. I also pray that if you have been trying to decide if you're going to put your faith and trust in Jesus or not, where do you want your eternal home to be, that this series would increase your urgency to say, I'm finally going to step across the line of faith, and I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm not going to gamble with my eternity. I'm not going to gamble with my soul. Jesus has done everything. He's provided it for me. I'm going to say yes to him in faith. The most important question that I could ask any of us today, any of you today, is this question. Have you chosen the right road? We're on one of two roads, a broad road or a narrow road, a wide gate or a narrow gate. Have you chosen the right road? Have you chosen the right gate? And that road and that gate has a name, and his name is Jesus. And I know many of you have, and I pray that before you leave today, everyone will have made that decision. If you haven't, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. But for those of us, many that have said yes to Jesus, we know that, that heaven is our home. We have the hope and assurance of heaven. I want to close this service in a little different way. I want to ask you right now just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and I just want to read to you from the book of Revelation. I, I don't even want you to look at it. I just want you to... Let God's word speak to your heart and your mind today. As the apostle John, one of the followers of Jesus, had been exiled to an island, a deserted island, the island of Patmos. He was awaiting death where he would die. And I'm sure he was defeated and he was discouraged. And maybe he was even losing hope. He was human. And God sent him a revelation and a vision of heaven The hope and glory of heaven and what he had to look forward to. And and it's true not just of John, but all of us. And would you just allow God's word to speak in a powerful way to your heart and your life as I read this incredible promise in Revelation 21? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a large shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. You can count on it. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. Let's give God some praise. As you continue right now in an attitude of prayer and worship, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you just take a moment right now and just thank Him for the hope of heaven, the assurance and truth of all the things we've talked about today, all the things you'll continue to learn about heaven as you read the word for yourself. And would you as believers right now, would you ask God to help you to live For eternity. Not for today. Not for this little slice of history that we live in. That is just a vapor and a mist and will so quickly be gone. But would you ask God to help you to focus on the two things that will matter the most and will last for all eternity. The word of God. Your relationship with God. And the souls of people. Other people. To live Today, preparing for all eternity. As you're praying, as believers, if you're here today and you would say, well, I sure hope heaven is my home. I want it to be. I believe it can be, but I'm not 100% sure. I want to give you an opportunity right now to make sure. There's no reason for anybody to leave here today wondering guessing about this. You you see, we we call this the hope of heaven. Hope in the Bible is different than hope today. You know, we say, well, I hope the weather's going to be good, or it might be, it might not. I hope this, I hope that. Hope in the Bible is a sure thing. It's a guarantee. And heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And this is the most important question. Are you prepared? Are you prepared to live for all eternity with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? If you want to prepare The Bible says, choose the right way, and that way is Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And if you've never chosen to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says, anyone who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You'll have your sins forgiven, and you can know that heaven is your home. One of the ways we call on the Lord is through a simple prayer. And I'm gonna pray a prayer out loud in just a moment. And I'm gonna invite some of you to pray this prayer for the first time in faith to ask Jesus to come into your life. It's not a magic prayer. These aren't magic words that we say, but if you will pray this from a heart of belief and faith, you can know that you know that heaven is your forever home. If God is speaking to you in that way, you know who you are. Would you pray this prayer from your heart to God's right now? And it goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me To forgive my sins I'm asking you To forgive me of my sins I want to know And follow you Come into my life today Be my Lord And my Savior Thank you Jesus For loving me Thank you for preparing An eternal home in heaven For me forever and ever Thank you, thank you. So we continue in an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't wanna embarrass anybody, but if you just prayed that prayer of faith for the first time, and I, I believe some of you did, I would love the privilege to pray for you right now that you would just grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day forward. And I'm going to count to three. And without anyone else looking around, if you prayed that prayer, would you slip up your hand nice and high? Don't be shy about it. you say, I I know that I know now that I know Jesus. I'm going to count to three. Would you lift it up so I can pray for you? One, two, three. Lift them up all across this auditorium. Yes, God bless you over here. God bless you right here in the middle. God bless you in the back. God bless you, ma'am, right here. God bless you. A couple of people. Thank you. Yes, sir. God bless you right here. Thank you. Amen. Several people. Amen. If you're watching online. And you, you just prayed that prayer, you said yes to Jesus, let us know that. Just, just say, I said yes to Jesus there on Facebook, and, and we're going to follow up with you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for all those this weekend that are receiving you as Lord and Savior. We welcome them to the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray that they would grow in their walking relationship with you in the days ahead. Lord, we thank you that you went and you prepared a place for us that we get to be with you forever and forever and ever and for the incredible hope and assurance of heaven and for those that know that that is now their eternal home. We love you. We praise you. We can't wait till you return and we can't wait to see you face to face forever and ever as we are with our God and our God is with his children and his people. And we pray all this in Jesus' name and everybody said together, amen, amen. Amen.